0: Hello?
1: Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. When you check roadworthiness, we're not checking it to drive on a Sunday afternoon beautiful drive. We're not doing that. We're doing it because we want to have you driving in a typhoon-induced weather and you're hydroplaning and I want you to be able to be safe mm-hmm. for everyone else around you that you're Good driving night. with. Because that's the responsibility we all take when we buy a vehicle. Because we are sharing the roads with everybody else. True.
2: Hey folks, this is Kako Tirona. And this is Gina Rufino. You are listening to Talk of the Town. Welcome to another episode of Torque of the Town. It's Wednesday, which means Gino and I are back on air. Wednesday morning, great to see each other again. Normally we're in a happy mood and... (laughs) Yeah, normally we're in a happy mood, but today uh, we brought in a guest who is uh, a little bit upset. And if he's upset, <laughs> that means there's a lot of people out there that are upset. And when I upset, I mean like um, like the way Steve Harvey said the wrong name. That's how pissed off people are. Or the or the first time people saw Jar Jar Binks. There are a lot
1: of people. I like upset. Jar Jar.
2: You? Why? I don't know. I just. Well, anything that Star Wars comes out with I actually enjoy yeah I understand that but Jar Jar Binks yeah actually you do. actually I'm, I'm completely stunned here you <laughs> like Jar Jar Binks
0: I wouldn't okay I wouldn't say I like <laughs> Jar Jar <laughs> I wouldn't say I like Jar Jar but I I don't hate Jar Jar as much as other people do He
2: was pointless I mean, he's for the kids Well, he was pointless at this conversation So let's move on Um, What it is today is that uh, I'm saying that there are a lot of people that are pissed off out there Who are talking about the MVIS Or the Motor Vehicle Inspection System And more Mm. specifically, the MVIC Or the Motor Vehicle uh, Inspection Centers there's been a lot of talk out there. There's been a, a couple of noise barrages. People are upset on that. End, and there are people also upset on the other end of the spectrum, which means the owners of these uh, motor vehicle inspection centers. And today's guest, uh, we have a general manager of one of the testing centers mm-hmm. that is in uh, the NCR. So, uh, again, we're going to be talking about why people are upset at these things. Uh, and uh, I guess let's try to find a common ground, a common solution Uh to move forward, and why we actually should move forward. Now, a lot of people are voicing out opinions about uh, some rumors that are going on out there that they did not test c- c- some cars properly. The timing is all wrong. The cost is like through the roof. So we're gonna we're gonna tackle some of those issues right now with the uh, owner of, like I said, of one of these uh, inspection centers, Mister Yogesh Sedwani. He is the GM of uh, of uh, one of the centers in NCR. Is that correct? Yes. Hi, Carla. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. Okay. So like I said, a lot of people are pissed off right now. Uh, Let's start off by explaining exactly what these centers are. There are some people out there that don't really realize what we're talking about right now. So we're talking about MVIS or the Motor Vehicle Inspection System, which is uh, carried out by the Motor Vehicle Inspection Centers, which you are a general manager one of. And uh, talk us through this particular process.
1: So, um uh give you a little background on it um in 2018 the OTR and LTO decided to upgrade how we actually test roadworthiness okay. of a vehicle okay mm-hmm. um so currently the current system or the previous system was emission testing centers yeah. where they stick a tube into your Tambucho, Ooh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said tambucho because yeah. Gina was getting excited there. No, right. So I mean, they stick it in the exhaust. Mm-hmm. You get you, you get you get the reading, right? Um, you test it six times. You get a reading, and that's enough to register your vehicle. That was then, right? Um, so, in context, we are now testing more comprehensively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are now checking the above carriage of your vehicle. Mm-hmm. We are now looking at your brakes. We are now looking at your headlights. We are now looking at also including of emission because we also enjoy the clean air. Yeah. We are also looking at your suspension. This We're is everything. We are looking. Yes. Basically, it's a, if I'm not mistaken, it's a 67 to 72 point test. Wow. So, um, Jeez. yeah, we check wow. your early warning devices. We check your lights inside the, the passenger cabin. We check your doors if they're properly aligned. It's it's not a small test anymore. It's not something that you could just, you know, take a minute or two to to do. It's gonna, something that you need to prepare for. I want to let you know right now, do you guys
2: go through the car with a black light? Because you don't want to do that with Gino's car. God knows what's been in that
1: automobile. Okay, no, we've we've been fortunate enough that we haven't been asked to go through that lens. Oh, Gino, you're safe, buddy. Uh, yeah, yes, I think yes. I'm good. Um, But what we do do is we take a flashlight to the undercarriage of the car. Hmm. We check your... Your any of your leaks, we check your basically the play of the car, hmm. and then we ensure that there's nothing that's off sound Correct. and your car is completely roadworthy. Correct. So it's a, actually a three stage process. The first stage is the visual above carriage, under carriage, yep. then you go into a speed test, okay, which we compare your odometer reading as to the actual speed of the car, okay, and then you do a side slip test, which basically tells you. It gives you a general idea of your alignment of the car. Yeah. Um, Then it gives you a brake test of the front and the rear. Okay. Then you do a suspension test. It's actually an adherence. We check everything from the tie rod to the whole suspension of how it works. So it's actually designed to avoid hydroplaning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right? And then you go to the third stage. The third stage is headlights, emission, Yeah. and sound.
2: So it sounds like this thing. It sounds like this list is like a Bible. It's it, it's massive. How yes. many
1: pages is this book? Uh, it's one page. It's, it's one page. it's just a bunch of check marks uh, that you do. We just literally go through it. The test takes twelve minutes per vehicle. For a motorcycle, it's supposed to be seven to eight minutes. That's the tack time that's been set by LTO. Of course, mm-hmm. it's achievable. But you know there are other things like waiting time and you know the long lines and whatsoever that we're going to be experiencing initially. Yeah, but. Theoretically, the test itself should take 12, 12 minutes for a car or a light vehicle and 7 minutes for a motorbike.
2: Okay, so you're testing everything from basically from your tires to loose or unsecured dangerous parts that protrude from your vehicle, transmission to your emissions. Hey, I'm a poet, I didn't even know that. And even your seat belts and turn signals. Yes. And I, I heard that even the bocina needs to be consistent. Like, you can't have horns like these anymore. Well... <laughs> So you but can't do that anymore? I'm no, not going to
1: that. You, you, I will tell you, you can as long as it's below 99 decibels.
2: Oh, okay. So I, there's I'm, a chance. I'm
0: curious, who came up with all of these, um, I guess, points in the test?
1: So I'm going to tell you that we are following international standards. Okay. We are <clears> one <throat> of the last countries in the world to implement something like this. The last. One of the last. Jeez, that uh, sucks. You know, I don't want to state on that on, on this, but... Um, Yes, we are one of the last countries in the world to do it. Mm -hmm. In other countries, it's called MOT in Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, If you go to Singapore and all of that, they have a different name for it. Because they're all vehicle inspections. And they're all privately owned because they're massive. Yeah, And they are run day-to-day operations. And they have no issues so far with most of the concerns that we are currently handling now.
2: How long have they been in operation in other countries?
1: Wow. Um, the MOT system has been around for like 20 years in Europe, <laughs> uh, the US. So I, I, I yeah. want to give you a small background of history. Um, our our mm. system should have been up running 20 years ago. Sure. It just so happened that uh, at that time, funding was an issue. And uh, what happened was they all stepped in and they made emission mm. because of the climate Problems that we were having, they made emission as the most important. So basically, emission testing is the longest stopgap solution that we have had in this country. Mm -hmm. And now it's coming to an end, or at least it's being phased out for a more comprehensive test, as I said, because it's not, in my opinion at least, not directly affecting road safety. Understandable, yeah. Okay. Because I I really don't see a lot of people, you know, dying or getting hurt from emissions. People are getting hurt or people are getting to accidents because their brakes don't work. Yeah. yeah. They don't have the turn signals that they're pointing out that they're doing left. Correct. And then they got sidebanged. So, so yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that they really need to take into consideration.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, so this was never checked before. I can't believe it. Like, no, the, because the, the turn signals, the headlights. I mean, no, you've been just registering.
1: Yeah. Uh, we, we go to the you,
2: registration office, uh, yeah. the LTO, and you basically do an emissions test. Prior to that, a couple of years back, with... Again, um, uh, at least two decades ago, we'd go to the LTO. The, um, the, you would just register your automobile. Uh, there were barely any tests then, yeah, and that wow. was two decades ago. So now it's, it's it's all about making sure that your car is ro- literally road. Well, we we
1: all share this responsibility. Yeah. Um. So I mean, the government's responsibility is to give us the roads that we need. Yes, it's and, true. And you know, to, of course, hopefully have it laid out correctly and perfectly ah, smooth well, you know. so we can drive those those yeah. nice vehicles that we all have. But um, yeah, I mean, in theory, it's really important that we all feel responsible that when we get on the road, we have other Filipino mm-hmm. drivers yeah. and we have other people on the road that are sharing uh-huh. the space. So it's going to be very difficult for all of us to be certain mm-hmm. if we're not testing these vehicles. Yeah.
2: That's true because uh, I think one point that I, that I love to make on our uh, reviews is that when a car is getting better, or even a motorcycle, for that fact, is getting better. The fact is that let's let's just say us as Filipinos, we deserve better than Puedenay, you know, and that's why cars are getting better and it's getting better equipped. It's much more. It's 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 safer. Uh, it can it can last longer uh, in between um, servicing and whatnot. And the truth is, if we as Filipinos deserve better from our automobiles, then we should at least be accountable to make sure that these cars w- are yeah. better for everybody else on the sure. road as well. Yeah. So uh, as, as uh, Yogesh said,
1: we're, we're sharing responsibilities But here. you know what? So I'd like to say that um, me personally, and of course, a lot of the other MVIC owners, mm-hmm. um, we understand that COVID was you know, traumatic for all of us. And it's financially damaging to a lot of people, right? But um, the timing of this program was supposed to be set in 2018. Mm -hmm. 2019, we were tasked to build our centers. Mm -hmm. 2020, at March, actually March 30, we were supposed to have like 25 to 30 operational yeah. Already by then yeah. but we all went into lockdown mm-hmm. right and then by the time we got to recover we we're trying to open sites LTO was having public consultations on zoom mm-hmm. um, with various groups in various regions so they constantly. Did, they yes. did have yeah so that actually is one of the things that you know was being mentioned that they were they demand a public consult or people are demanding public consults I will tell you that there were several in each region mm-hmm. because it's part of the process. No no step of the process was undid or was not followed in this. every region had a public consult, and it's you can check with your own l t o they'll yeah. probably have a video of it because or it's probably on Facebook live because we had everything that was that yeah. was on there, but yes, there was a ton of public consultations with this. not everybody was of course invited, not everybody was able to attend yeah but yes, there were a public there was a bunch of public consults, and I guarantee you that. A lot of the consumer sentiments yeah. were aired. Okay. Well, I want to frame this properly, Kajo, yes. guys. Yes. Yeah. um Because
0: if if people are not familiar with what's going on, uh, there were a lot of pushback from in social media in in other in other uh, forms of media because of certain vehicles that did not pass. Uh, yes. Certain new vehicles that did not pass clearly. Less than five years old, or even fifteen years old, as as, as you mentioned, no? right. um, and it just spread, it spread like wild, wildfire on on Facebook and and online. Yeah, uh, and I guess that kind of sparked a little bit of the fire against against the against this whole operation. Yeah. So I I know you're not with the LTO, but you you do work with them. You do work. uh,
1: So I I work with an association of motor vehicle centers. Yeah, Um, We're kind of like the collating body of all the information and the regulations that we're all trying to get sorted out. Um, I will tell you that I was personally aware, Mm -hmm. uh, made aware of these concerns um to name one the land cruiser yeah uh, i had yeah yeah the uh, land cruiser I, I, I i had a great conversation with vince of auto industria yeah um so he wanted to hear our side we had a full blown conversation about what happened and what happened was uh the car or the sound meter recorded a abnormal reading of 600 decibels which is basically the as loud as an atomic bomb. Hang on. So basically, what you get talking about is, I don't know if everybody is
2: is aware of this, but there was a Land Cruiser that that entered uh, a motor vehicle inspection center, and uh, one of the one of the tests that were conducted is to make sure that the car does not exceed a certain amount of decibels. Ninety nine. Ninety nine decibels. And this Land Cruiser, I don't know how it did it, but it registered 600 decibels, Mm -hmm. which is, as as, uh, I was told earlier, that's basically an atomic bomb, dude, or Gino when he gets out of bed. So when it registered that 600, nobody knew for sure if it was actually the car that was producing that much noise or if it was because of the surrounding environment
1: that the car was in. So so you have to remember that uh, the sound meter acts like a microphone, so I'm, I'm, I'm... I can only speculate because I wasn't there. Um, the abnormal reading was probably caused by the technician grabbing the sound meter because you got to move it around yeah. so that you can okay. get the, but it.
2: But that's a peak. That's not going to be constant. I, I agree.
1: Um, yeah, so definitely there was something that went wrong there. But the most important point that I want to drive at and what's important is it got retested immediately. There was mm-hmm. no charge. The customer was able to register his car. There was no his, charge for the his, his His or her oh. car. It was registered. Right, and a few days later, I got to speak to Vince again, and yeah. Vince was able to hunt down the Land Cruiser owner, Okay, and it's really funny that the Land Cruiser owner was very pissed about only one thing. It was, was, it was that his address was on the MVIR that was that. posted online, Yeah, oh. and, so, and so Vince asked if it was actually him that posted it, and he said, no, I didn't do that. I just submitted my result, what? and someone posted that, and that's not even his Land Cruiser's picture. What? Um, yeah, so, I mean, of course, you could call Vince, you know, of Auto Industria.
2: I'll call him. I know uh, him. Good
1: I, I, I believe that he will be uh, writing something about it, or he's probably oh. going to write something about it. Okay. But you, this is confirmed by him. So, yeah. Um, there was also a noise barrage the other day just yeah. to argue about all of this. And they said that they had hundreds of thousands of people. But, you know, I can, get, I can scientifically state that there wasn't hundreds of vehicles in that that barrage how many were there yeah um, based on the picture that I was given because, <laughs> it, because it went to some of the sites yeah. there's less than 35 cars this is based on a photograph that you saw you, so you can't right really- but you have to remember that they all had those banners on their stickers I mean they all had those banners on their cars and that's what they were doing
2: okay so we're gonna get back to exactly how many and more other concerns about people why are people so upset about this whole situation we're gonna take a short break we'll be right back <laughs>
0: Before we continue with this episode, I want to remind everybody out there that we are in the new normal. And in this new normal, it might be a little bit difficult to take public transportation. So, what is the best way to get around from point A to point B to go to work, to go visit your loved ones, socially distanced? Well, that is taking a motorbike. And if you want to learn more about bikes, if you want to learn more about what best bike suits your lifestyle... You can check out motodeal.com.ph We got every single brand there All the different types of models Whatever suits your budget And your lifestyle Check out motodeal.com.ph Cars are better Nope, bikes are
2: so we're back talking to Yogesh Sedwani He is a general manager for one of the motor vehicle motor vehicle inspection centers. There are so many acronyms here; it's so confusing. <laughs> it's,
0: it's quite. It's quite.
2: It's like MVIS, MVIC, well, PMVIC, just, C, OPP, CIA, FBI, yeah, DTI DOTR, LTO. But well, we like
1: to DMZ, make things. We're trying to make everything short, right? <laughs> That's basically what this Oh, we'll I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was even shorter. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You said, like, short five times and looked at Kako. I just yeah. love it. I just
2: dude, love
1: it. wow. <laughs> it's kind of uh, it's it's difficult 20, short 20, jokes. It's right.
2: 2021, 20, dude. Let's, let's move on. It's hard. Yeah, it it's is hard. hard. Yeah. See, you can just step over me. <laughs> okay, so we're getting back to why so many people are pissed about this entire situation. And they're not just pissed about the... Um, the new inspection system, but there's also backlash to the people that run these centers, these uh, motor vehicle inspection centers, well, because, well, they're taking the brunt end of it simply because uh, they're they're privately run, um, and they don't believe that these centers are in the best interest of everybody, right. whereas uh, we pointed out earlier that they actually are because they're just trying to make sure that the cars are roadworthy. So making the cars roadworthy, I don't think is an issue at all because everybody wants to be safe, but it might be an issue to some people that have much older vehicles. So right. yeah, but for the general public, I don't think that's their main concern. I think their main concern would be the price itself and the amount of, let's say, for example, um, the price is one, the fact that there are not enough uh, testing centers in, uh, in the Philippines, which currently is about 130 plus, less than 150, something like that and the fact that it doesn't also incorporate everybody. And when I say everybody, not just private vehicles, but public utility vehicles as well, like jeepneys and whatnot. So why don't we tackle some of those issues right now? Let's start first, Yogesh, tell us about why it is 1,800 pesos to be able to go to the test center and have these tests done. And why is it uh, uh, every time you fail and you redo it, it's half the price, which is 900 bucks.
1: Okay, so um, I'd like to correct you oh. first. Um,
2: this guy the, right the char- here the, correcting the charges, me on my. Uh, own I, show. I apologize,
1: <laughs> um, but it's it's facts that we need to get out. Yeah. Um, okay. So cars are one thousand five hundred plus VAT. Okay. 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 Motorcycles are six hundred pesos plus VAT. Okay. All right. So, um, so I, I, it, I would like to. I would just before you say anything, yeah. uh, I would like to tell you that that. Adjustment in pricing uh-huh. was because of the numerous public consultations. Uh,
0: ah, okay. okay, All right.
1: So I got a question though. Sure. The motorcycles,
0: it's regardless of the displacement.
1: Yes. Cars as well. Uh, cars, basically the way they did it was up to 4,500 pounds. You have to come to an MVIC, which basically covers up to Cantor's. Okay, that's weight. But Gino was asking about displacement. Oh, I, I get what you're saying. For motorcycles, yeah. we're fine. I'm talking about cars. Yeah, for cars, they only do it up to four thousand. Anything below four thousand five hundred pounds, you need to go to an MVIC.
2: All right, so it's like the the, the licensing, the you you have a,
1: a non-pro yeah. something right. one for <laughs> under four or five. So now going back to the next question, why is it nine hundred or why is it half for a retest? Yes. Okay, so um, think of us as conveyor belts. All right. Our All right. system is designed. It's called a test lane for a reason. It's a lane, and we're supposed to be testing three vehicles on the lane simultaneously. Okay. So one vehicle on stage one, one vehicle on stage two, and one vehicle on stage three. Each okay. of the la- each of the stages is supposed to move every four minutes. Okay. All right. Now here comes a retest, right? That you only have to do in stage three. So what happens is it breaks our whole system apart. Okay. Okay. Now, if you're comparing the pricing compared to the LTO emission testing, which is currently 500 to 600 pesos, depending on what they want to charge, cars are far. I get it. But we're also checking 72 items compared to one. Yeah. So it's actually not really a comparison because we're doing a flood, a full-blown blood test compared to a temperature reading. Oh, I like this. You're comparing it to COVID. Okay. Fair enough. So- Yes, so we are the RTPSR, and mm. they basically are temperature got, reading. The gun. The gun. The gun, which is kind of pointless. <laughs> well, to, uh, to an extent. L- LTO, f- LTO and DOTR thought that way, or we are just expressing what the program is entailing.
0: Yeah, so the, you mentioned uh, LTO and DOTR. How much um, conversation did you have with them in order to come up w- with, with this whole thing, with this with, to, well, I mean as didn't. I
1: said, it's been it's been pending yeah. for twenty years. So it's I mean, the the MVIC program has been pending for the last twenty years. It's just always been put on the back burner. In twenty eighteen, Secretary Togade decided that it was time to upgrade all of these mm. because he mm. was already getting um so another statistical fact that you guys should keep in mind is twenty seventeen there were like sixty something thousand accidents on the road. Yeah. Um twenty eighteen it's above a hundred and ten. So we increased by almost 50 or 60%, mm-hmm. wow. right, in a one-year period. Wow. I also want to tell you that we are currently selling in the Philippines, even in a bad year, last year, Campi recorded numbers of 250,000 light vehicles being sold. Then we're not even considering how many motorbikes yeah. are being sold and not registered. Yeah. So you can mm-hmm. imagine the sheer numbers that we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. You know? So in... In that context, you know, DOTR has been planning this for a really long time. Um, you also mentioned earlier uh, the inclusions. Yes. And the number of centers. Correct. Um, so, DOTR and LTO also have addressed that. Uh, you can go to their DOTR Facebook page or their LTO Facebook page. They've launched another 210 locations or 210 sites that will be supposed to be bid out by the mid of this year. Okay. And that means it'll take us, if we're all built together, we'll probably have 400 centers roundabout. Mm-hmm. Then there's also, inclusive in the phase two is truck sites. Okay. Um, the truck sites will be launched. Um, they haven't launched that, that that memo yet, yet, but, you know, they've been having discussions about it for a long time that trucks also have to be tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the IRRs of that is, the implementing rules and mm-hmm. guidelines aren't out yet.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So... So, yes, there will be plenty more centers coming. It just so happened that COVID stopped a lot of our work. Yeah. Um, it, it stopped a lot of construction yeah. because that's primarily what this is. And then, um, yeah, so I, I really think based on the numbers that we can do, we can test around, as I said, 700 to 800 vehicles a day. We were entitled or we were basically made by DOTR to be ready to operate Monday to Sunday from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. two shifts so that we can accommodate all two shifts. shifts 10
2: p.m. 10 p.m. Wow.
1: well so another thing that we'd like to get out there is we were also required to have appointment systems so all of our centers actually are capable of accepting of online appointments and online payments so that you don't have to deal with fixers
0: mm. aha yeah,
1: And there are a lot of people that are going to be upset because... Hence the noise barrage.
2: Hence uh, the noise barrage. You're telling
1: me that the noise barrage is basically all the fixers? I can only speculate. But, I mean, you have to remember that there's a huge ecosystem that's going to be shifting force Yeah, from the emission testing centers to the TPL, insurance salespeople. Mm. Those are going to be affected, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. only common. Yeah. It's already being affected now, but yeah. it's going to get to a situation. So we're changing a lot of things. Uh, LTO has actually taken one more step. They have something called the LTMS portal. So if a customer actually goes through an MVIC, yeah. they will be forced to register onto the new database of LTO, which is called the LTMS. Okay. And the LTMS is covered by the Privacy Act. Mm-hmm. Basically means you yourself will be encoding your vehicle's details. And then you will print that document. You will go with your insurance And your MVIR pass result, and you'll go directly to the LTO cashier and just pay and leave. There's no more talking to anyone from LTO about what you want done. There's no more fixers outside that you need to talk to so you can get your work done without waiting. Yeah. All of this happens properly. Properly online. Yeah. So so LTO has taken every one of your their comments and actually worked out the system. It's just that we're implementing it now yeah. and because of the backlash, it's getting harder to implement because we'd like to get it free flowing. So yeah. if you come to our yeah. centers now, while my customers are waiting, the 12 minutes they wait is them encoding their data into the LTMS portal so that when they go to LTO, they don't have to wait in line. Yeah, They just okay. go, show their documents, pay, and leave. Yeah, because I, I want to address the, the backlash uh,
0: yeah. really quickly here because- We've seen it in the past, um, specifically with the LTO and the DOTR, that there have been, I guess, stuff that that they've implemented or stuff that they've suggested that turn it like the anti-distracting law is one. Okay. Right. Um, and it became such a heated debate or the heated topic again on social media because. Even if you have, let's say, your phone at a certain point, right? You have your phone in your in your car, and it's showing you ways or Google Maps or whatever. It's yes, just, you're just using it for yes. You're just using it for uh, your directions.
2: Or in Jack's point, he's just watching something really nice. Yeah, well,
0: you're not supposed to do that, right? So, but yeah. but, but for just specifically for the maps, right? And. And that became an issue because they said, oh, put it, you had to put it below the dash. So you're looking down and looking up. I mean, it makes things a little bit more dangerous. It does. Right. Because your eyes need to refocus. And then, and then you look at some of the public utility vehicles and then they have this whole <laughs> life. It's an ecosystem. It's an ecosystem on the, the dashboard. And you're like, how the fuck is that? Okay. And this is not, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So th- there is that, there is that thing with the LTO and DOTR right i mean i know you don't work for them but it's the, the, but i think a lot of the backlash I, I, is because there's a, this is, in the mind of a lot of people, it's like na naman there's something else that these guys are doing that's a little bit questionable yeah and then look what's happening now and parang it's just basically what i'm saying is like is it conceivable that the people with the backlash who are who are pushing against it is is partly because they're like they're sick and tired of all of these things that the the LTO and DOTR have implemented and then pulled back on and then implemented again and then pulled back on. Well,
2: I can say a lot of people might be might think that way because a lot of people, including you and I, yeah. we could be jaded, you know. Sure. No, of no, no, that's why right. that's whole
0: that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Are we so jaded? Are people so jaded that one thing that let's say because I'm I'm sure the LTO and DOTR have done positive stuff yes. that are being overlooked. Yeah. Correct. Right. But people want to harp on the negatives, mm. or well, it's, the, it's a lot easier to harp it, on the, it is. the one true. negative. Yeah, I true. mean it's,
1: it's very it's very clear and concise. Yeah. what you want to talk about when you hate something, correct, or you yes. don't like it. You also have to remember that, as I said earlier, um, we realize us MVIC owners mm-hmm. that any change is going to accept resistance. Sure. Yes. Sure. Right. And yeah. I got to tell you, um, I've been on my I've been working on my site for the last month. Right, And I actually am on the floor a lot. Uh, Basically, I talk to the customers. I explain what's wrong and how they failed and whatsoever. And I got to tell you, the only reason that they've ever had an argument with me is because first they got to pay a retest fee. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, But I've never had anyone tell me that the project or the program isn't worthwhile. Sure. I've also had the other end of the spectrum. I've had customers come in and say, you know, we've never had anyone tell us what's wrong with our vehicles. We're always dependent on taliers to tell us. Sure. But we only go into the talier to tell him what's wrong with my car, what I'm feeling. But he never went into the whole full depth of saying, you don't have this, you don't have this. Mm -hmm. And so there are some customers that are not as customer, I mean, as car savvy as we are, that are actually using the MVIC as like their basic preventive maintenance. Correct. Right? And I got to tell you that in the first month that we've been operating and the number of fails that we've been seeing, uh, we average around fifteen to twenty percent failure rate. Okay, currently, right now, so I mean across the centers that needs to be retested. Uh, I mean that needs to be retested. Okay, right, and most of them are primarily brakes and headlights.
0: Wow, mm. Mm. that's dangerous,
1: right? Very. So, um, just I'd like to put this in context of everyone that's against this. Uh-huh. Think of yourself driving, right, and knowing in your mind that twenty percent of the cars around Edsa.
0: Don't have brakes.
1: Don't have brake lights. No, they have brakes. Yeah, yeah. They They have brakes. But they're not going to brake in time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure.
1: Right? Yeah. So I really like to, I mean, I'd like for you all to keep that context in mind when you're driving. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now, you know, people like to stay right. They like to tailgate. Yeah. Right? Keep in mind, 20% of those cars or 20% of those motorcycles, when they're forced to brake, it won't react as fast as it should. And if it doesn't react as fast as it should, boom. Yeah. Exactly your point. Yeah. right. Now I got to tell you, um, for the motorcycle drivers out there, uh, the Filipinos or most people have a tendency to use the front brakes. Mm -hmm. Which you should. So so the front brakes are constantly replaced. Yeah. Right. And they're always functioning. But it's always the rear brake that fails. Because the Filipinos are so used to-
0: The front brakes. The front
1: brakes that they always think that the rear brake's fine because they are basically subsidizing the rear brake with the front brakes. Mm -hmm. So it's a shock to them when they walk into our center that my brakes work perfectly. I can stop, watch. But I keep pointing out that it's not the rear brake you're using. You're using your front brakes. So your front brakes work perfectly. But your rear brake isn't working at yeah.
2: all. So yeah. even if so the point here is that even if you don't use your rear brake and this is just an example because you can apply this with cars as well but even if that's one system that uh, that is there for on your automobile even though you don't use it it should actually still be working yes. properly. Yes, yeah. because yeah.
1: what if your front brakes give way? Yeah. Correct. I, you have to remember when you check roadworthiness we're not checking it to drive on a Sunday afternoon beautiful drive. We're not doing that. We're doing it because we want to have you driving in a typhoon-induced weather, and you're hydroplaning, and I want you to be able to be safe mm-hmm. for everyone else around you that you're Correct. driving with. Because that's the responsibility we all take when we buy a vehicle. Because we are sharing the roads with everybody else. True. Yeah, it's a right? privilege. Now you gotta. You also have to look at the customer point of view. That for the last twenty years, they've just been yeah. used to. Paid the emission fee. Yeah. Oh, it's, I failed. Okay. Take another 15 minutes, stick a mop in there, take a tube out, clean my muffler, and then 10 minutes later, go back in there and I get the pass.
2: You know, th- funny that you mentioned that because I know that some of the people that are making noise are the uh, C-A-M-P-V. Is that, is, is that it? Or the Clean Air Movement of the Philippines? Yes.
1: Uh, uh, okay. Well, basically, that's the association of Emission testing centers.
2: Emission test, okay. But their main concern is to make sure that whatever cars, uh, carbon monoxide cars produce is not enough and it's harming the environment, right? So these are the people that are also uh, are up in arms about these testing centers. Have you ever had a communication or rather uh, a conversation rather with these people to say that if indeed you are closing down emission centers, testing emission centers, that they can in fact join your group so that they can... Uh, Watch over this? Well,
1: I mean, uh, I think that would be a bit of a conflict because you would be telling a business owner that I'm going to be taking your employees. Ah. That's basically what you're trying to tell them. Secondly, Mm -hmm. I want to be very clear emission testing centers aren't being forced to close. They're not. What's happening now is LTO and DOTR are phasing them out. When I say phasing them out, which basically means light vehicles, motorcycles first, trucks next, public utility vehicles after. And then basically everybody will be covered by the MVIC, so there's no unfair treatment in any sector of vehicles. The but they're reason, still closing. Well, they've had 20 years to be a stopgap measure, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Secondly, their their main function or their primary function is a part of our test, right? Yeah. Uh, so the emission is becoming redundant. Yeah. so in some centers actually some of the concern that's being raised by other areas is I'll give you an example of Cebu uh, the MVIC or the customers are being forced to get a PETC result and then go get an MVIC result it's causing confusion con- confusion because the PTCs are not informing customers that we shouldn't be doing this anymore Yeah, they're still taking your money ah. and then they're registering you somewhere else yeah yeah I- you know, but what I can't get, um, what I can't
0: understand, why, why the public y- utility, the Jeeps, are not included in the first batch?
1: Yeah, dude, that's a good question. Why, okay. why So I, I will tell you this. Um, That'll piss well, me off. First, because of the sheer numbers of motorcycles and light vehicles. Yeah. I mean, for any business or any, any operation, they look at the number of accidents first mm-hmm. that was considered, and they look at the total number of vehicles the total number of vehicles between light vehicles and motorbikes completely take like 70 or 80% of the pie
0: yeah
1: right so by covering light vehicles and motorcycles they've already essentially covered 80% of the pie second reason why they didn't send jeepneys to us is because it's highly improbable that they're going to pass <laughs> i would extremely be extremely I, I would be i would be very worried to put them on the equipment because i'm worried that the pressure that my equipment puts on a car yeah. Because you have to remember I am simulating road conditions. Correct, you know, correct. Right? I don't think they're going to pass. How do, they don't have above carriage palang, yeah. I, I don't see how they're going to pass.
2: Hence why people are pissed. People yeah. are pissed thinking, okay, you're, you're, you're,
1: ko,
0: why wow. is it why does it you have to be a little bit Pwedeng, So, puede, ding, puede. so yeah. I'm, I'm
1: going to tell you that that's not going to be very long. Yeah. It's going to be short lived. They also LTO, as I said, has Looked at it for humanitarian reasons also, right? They understand that there's a lack of jeepneys going around. Mm -hmm. So they implemented this new jeepney modernization and they understand it's not enough. So they're still allowing these jeepneys to ply the roads. If they send them to PMVICs to get registered, most likely those vehicles will not be on the road again.
2: So essentially it's not you that people should be pissed at because you're just basically doing your job. Like in instance of of the jeepneys, it's, it's the government allowing a little bit of leeway for, as you said, humanitarian reasons.
1: And you guys are just complying with whatever it is that they're telling you. Well, you have to remember that we can't make the rules. Our job is to implement the rules. That's true, yeah. So, I mean, there are people getting pissed about um, the standards and whatsoever, but those standards are international. We're not yeah. like, we didn't just come up with those standards and say, you know what? We feel like the Philippines should be addressing this. That's not what it. That's not how that works. There's a list of things that we need to get checked Some of them are excessive in my opinion, but that's what LTO felt was what was going to bring roadworthiness down. Now you have to remember, it's very simple to see the success of this program. After one year Mm -hmm. or after two years or after three years, we should actually gradually see the number of vehicle accidents go down. So if it doesn't go down in the next few years, then the project we can all scrap and say it is a waste of time. Yeah, but the statistics haven't even started. We're only one month in. Give us a year of data. See the number of transactions in terms of vehicle accidents go down, and then you'll see that why it's necessary.
2: Yeah,
1: cr- If not
2: even the data from the Philippines itself, you can collect the data from other countries as well and prove. Right. That
1: it, that so the if you want to compare it to other countries, uh, if you go online and you check MOTs in mm-hmm. UK, they'll instantly tell you that forty years. 40 to 50% of the initial tests fail. Okay. Right? So this isn't like a regular occurrence. The problem that we're all having yeah. is that we were trained to do this for 20 years. Yeah. It was just a document, a document transactional requirement to get done. It's no longer a transactional requirement. It is now a comprehensive test sure. that you need to pass so that you can ply the roads yeah. with everyone else. It's like, I guess... It-
0: also, like uh, getting your driver's license before and now,
1: yeah,
0: yeah right. Getting
1: exactly. right, getting your driver's license before you literally go to yeah. Now you need to do a driving school. Yeah, um, you actually have to take the actual license. Oh, so just to let you know, a lot of these, a lot of these LTOs now have equipped themselves with driving schools of five hundred or six hundred square meters, and they're going to force you to parallel park. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's good.
2: That's, that is very good. It's basically like um, um like going to an amusement park. Which I know a lot of uh, experience with this that you must be this tall to get on the ride, and you
1: always fail. And
2: I always fail, so it's it's <laughs> it's either put on a pair of heels or find a different ride.
1: That's that's theoretically the stand. So again, uh, going back, I'm just letting you know that I hit myself just to be able to make the program. Okay, sure. Okay, continue. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. No, again, going back, like um, you know, we've all seen the motorcycles without the lights. We've, yeah. all seen, we've all seen vehicles without lights. We've, we've seen, all heard we've, the trucks we've, we've, we've saying seen that all, now, um, now, like, basically, the government has stepped in and said, okay, we don't want you to see that anymore. Yeah. Alright? Yeah. We want to fix this. Right? But of course, we're so used to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's definitely, the birth pains are definitely going to be there. Yeah. yeah. But I just like to put that, you know, we're not doing this to piss people off. We're doing this so that I don't know if you all remember this rule four or five years ago that they planned to junk 15-year-old vehicles and above. Yes, yes. Right. So this is the compromise. This is the compromise. This is the compromise, right? So even uh, if I understand Senator Gachulian, I mean, Mayor Gachulian is currently writing a letter to have vintage cars saved or exempted from all of this. You don't necessarily need that. At least that's my professional opinion. You don't need that because all you need to do is pass the MVIC and you're good. Hang on, it's a vintage car, so obviously it's
2: not going to be up to par with, let's say, for example, uh emissions. Uh, well, emissions, braking, yeah. and whatnot. Some of those cars are all drum front and rear, mm. right? So if you were to take, let's say, for example, a 1982 Starlet or whatnot that that is completely uh, restored uh, to spec, it's definitely not going to be as uh, to outperform, let's say, for example, a current Toyota Wigo. Okay. Right. So your emissions uh, centers, uh, do they have? They're the more c- than emission centers, FYI. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The motor vehicle inspection centers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So these, these centers, will they have the information or the data of what the car was supposed to be able to achieve back in the day?
1: Back yes. in that day. So that's exactly why we put up the Vico app, because some of our owners are actually vintage car owners yeah. and they're very concerned about what's going to be doing it. So we are actually looking at guidelines to save those vintage vehicles that we all love.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But basically the generalization of the rule that they were trying to implement basically was because they had no way to gauge how roadworthy the vehicle was. And then they implemented this, which is supposed to answer that question objectively.
2: Okay. So like, um, let's say, for example, just because it's a 1982 automobile doesn't mean that every time you step on the accelerator, there's a puff of smoke that's big enough to engulf a building that should come out of our car. Exactly. So it's objective. Yes,
1: it's objective. So yes, you will be put to a test for it. We will also tell you what's wrong with the car. We are obliged to actually explain what went wrong or what we think went wrong with your car. And we actually can recommend that you go get it fixed. We don't recommend where you get it fixed. And we don't tell you what parts you need to replace Mm -hmm. because that's not in our scope. What we're here for is we're basically the blood test person. I just take your test. I don't care about the results because all I need to know is I did the test based on these standards and I'm done. Speaking of tests and scope, are you guys able to test
2: Everybody. And I mean everybody. From from small cars to large trucks and what your your particular centers that are that, that uh, you said light, phase light, one, right? Light
1: vehicles and motorcycles of uh, uh, light vehicles up to four thousand five hundred pounds we can test, which is basically a canter. Yeah. Um, motorcycles we could test. Yeah. Trucks as I explained will be phase two. It's coming out. And then uh as soon as LTO and DOTR feel the need, they'll put cheap knees and all of that through this.
2: I only asked this question because I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a Subaru that is said to have gone to a testing center that they, the testing center basically broke the Subaru because it's it's an all-wheel drive vehicle.
1: Mm.
2: Now, do you have any comments about this?
1: Well, first, we um, we've done, we've gone out of our way to try to locate this owner in the center. We haven't been able to do that based on the number of... Currently, there's only like 24 or 25 of us that are open. So it's extremely difficult not to get an answer from each of them that says that. Secondly, I'm going to repeat this. Uh, I I did an interview with Vince about this, about four-wheel drives and all-wheel drives. Yeah, I want to simplify. All you need to do is put idle rollers, which is basically an extra set of rollers underneath the car's wheels, and we can test every vehicle that you want to test. So it's possible. Exactly.
2: So, what is it with the Subaru saying
1: that... Um, that um, well, as I said, we're you know as a group we're trying to address and we're trying to answer every yeah. concern as fast as we possibly can, but we need to get all the information, and so far, we haven't been able to find the Subaru owner say what we haven't been able to find wow. this Subaru owner Elias. we've been able Seriously? We, we've been able to find the z four I mean Mr. Romero has made himself more than available to comments Okay. Um, the Land Cruiser Vince through Vince's help with Auto Industria we were able to get this person on the phone and get a conversation with the Subaru we haven't found yet and if I'm appealing if we are able to find the Subaru owner we'd love to have a conversation with him to see how we can get better and correct this okay let's find him because I own my own Subaru too and I've been doing tests on my car for the last month and a half because I've been doing it this you know uh, preventive and I've been able to do it. I have a legacy, and I have a forester, and I don't. I don't have a problem with this.
2: Hmm. Okay. Well, we're gonna take a short break and uh, wrap things up. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna wrap it up in the sense that we're, I'm. I'm basically gonna answer one. We want you guys to answer one last question, which is what we asked him at the beginning. Is that we understand why a lot of people are pissed about all of this now. Uh, he's apparently upset too because he's been receiving a lot of backlash so what I'm going to ask you guys when we come back is that exactly what is it that's really upsetting these motor vehicle inspection centers and what kind of uh, compromise can we find in the middle so we'll be right back Before we continue on with this episode, I'd like to remind everybody to check out autodeal.com.ph. We're not just all about reviews, but we also do car sales. Believe it or not, whether it's brand new or secondhand, we have them on our website. And the beauty about it is, is that when you go to autodeal.com.ph, we connect you to the dealer that is closest to you, whether you live in Luzon, Visayas, or Mindanao. Plus, you will always get the best deal with autodeal.com. So do come check it out. So we're finally going to ask you guys what it is exactly that is upsetting him about all of this about this whole uh, MVIS, MVIC, PMVIC, CAMP, OPP, Land Cruiser. No wait a minute, I'm reading the wrong thing. So anyway, the the question still stands is that we we, as the general public, we, we know why people are upset. Yes. Uh, um, and we're taking it out on you guys because you're the new things and, and we have to pay X amount. And you've already proven the fact that the one eight wasn't, it wasn't, didn't come from you guys. It was, uh, stipulated by the government that you guys should be charging this much plus VAT, uh, retesting fees and whatnot. There is reason for why this is happening for, 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 uh, these centers to be up simply because of roadworthiness. So that wasn't the question. So we answered, uh, basically, what it is, why why people are upset. Now, the question, I'll throw it back to you. You seem to be sort of like uh, bothered by a few things. (laughs) Is it because Uh, you're at the tail end of being? Well,
1: I mean, so uh, the most important thing that I think uh, that bothers me is that we're being put out uh, as uh, villains Mm -hmm. in this. Um, I'd like to to reiterate that, This isn't what we wanted. We just want to be road safety advocates. So we put up these centers so that we could hopefully directly affect the number of vehicle accidents on the road. Now, we, again, when I speak for we, I mean, I'm sure I feel the same way as most of the MVIC owners, that, of course, we understand the backlash, right? We understand that it's a new thing and we're going to get, a lot of people complaining because they're used to just paying one time for their emission testing fee and then they just do this transactional process and they're done. What I'm trying to point out is, or what bothers me most is people, consumers, aren't taking this seriously enough. We have 100,000 vehicular accidents. There are people dying on the road daily because we are not being able to, To justify that those cars or those motorbikes are roadworthy. So I understand that we all want we all want it. We all criticized those cars in front of us. How did that pass? How did this do this? And we all do that. But now that we're putting you, we're trying to ask you to put your money where your mouth is. Okay, you want that. Right? You're subject you're you're subjected to it too. Yeah. 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 Right? If you want me to check that. That car, I'm to check your car. Yeah. Now, if you fail, what did you want me to do? Did you want me to write you a love letter and say, <laughs> and, and give you this? That doesn't work that way, right? So if you want the law, if you want someone to follow it, we all need to follow it, mm-hmm. right? Now, if your car fails, right, we understand it's something new. But I will like to end with this, right, that each MVIC center or each MVIC basically has the, is trying to implement its own solutions to help its customers pass. Some of us are doing pre-inspections already, and those are absolutely free. Yeah. So if I feel your motorbike's going to fail, before even I put you on the test, I'm already telling you, go away. Hmm. So if you come to my center, we have a stop in front. We actually check your vehicle before we put you onto the test mm-hmm. because I don't want you wasting our tax time. Okay it's mutually beneficial for me and the customer that he gets pre-inspected before going to my site. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't do it, when he gets to my site, I will do it for you. And believe me when I tell you, I've been able to reduce my failure rates significantly. Okay. Okay. And they're happy because I didn't charge them that amount of money. So as I said, we are learning and we are adjusting. But 27 days... Yeah, sure. Or, sorry, 23 days yeah. into it, it's very hard to make that quick of an adjustment. I agree, but you have to remember that we're trying to do it nationwide, yeah. Yeah. right? If it was just for my center, I could change it whatsoever. And we're trying to share best practices with the group correct. so that all of us are trying to adjust. But for you to have the correct amount of data or for you to make a correct decision, it, you've, you have to have that at least sample data. Right Now, I don't want to sound like guinea pigs, but everybody that's in plate number one and two is actually feeling the brunt of this. Yeah. But when you get down to three, four, five, six, seven, a lot of the kinks will be ironed out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're happy in a sense that we're addressing or we're trying to address all of this, but there's some things being, unsa- being said. This is really, really unnecessary and undue, right? So again, I'm just asking for some patience from our consumers, right? We're all in this together. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> it's designed to be convenient to all of you. Again, we would like to reiterate that we have online appointments for most of our sites. Yeah. Actually, all of our sites are required to have them. That's got So they're, a lot. they're online. You can make payments online so you don't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah, yeah. The fixer problem is being addressed by LTO with the LTMS portal.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So you can see that the process is being streamlined so that it's going to be transparent. Yeah. Right, because that's what we all want. We want to be transparent. Yes, and we want the transparency. Yeah, because people but the question, transparency have a price. Yeah, right. You gotta be. You have to be transparent so that everyone else is transparent with yeah. you. Yeah,
0: people had uh, had uh, had uh, raised that question about the transparency of the whole thing. Yes, right. Yeah. And so
1: I think the LTMS portal helps it significantly yeah. because you now have there's actually two steps. Right, you get the test which we're willing to tell you now, and if you have any questions from any of our centers, we have technicians that would be more than happy to sit down with the customer and go over what was wrong, Mm -hmm. right? That should add a level of transparency. And the LTMS should add a huge level of transparency because there's no more more anyone to talk to. You just go online, type your own details in, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. send it, and then go to the cashier of LTO and pay. And you're done. How about the people who don't, are not able to go online to do that they physically have to go there so on my site uh, again uh, best practices in my site I handed out three tablets so while you're in my customer lounge I will give you free Wi-Fi. Mm. you access Mm. the LTMS portal so before they leave my site I make sure that they've already done the LTMS portal so that when they go to LTO there's no more waiting yeah okay Uh, how many centers are there currently
0: open right now
1: Currently, 130. That there's something. Well, so phase one was a total of 138 franchises awarded. Okay. Out of which 25 are currently open. Okay. There's going to be, I think by the end 25. of March, will be around 40. It's
2: 25 for millions wow. and millions of cars. Yeah. Well, you have to remember it's that hassled.
1: they're implementing it currently per district office, yeah. as I mentioned yeah. earlier. So yeah. it's not really such a big hassle yet, a, right? But in yet, yeah, once ha- what's going to happen is once they're open to the 138, phase two will come in. We'll have to wait another couple of months. Yeah. So we're actually gearing or I really hope that by 2022, I know that sounds far, but we'll have like 400 or 500 centers up. Mm. It's
2: not that far considering we've been locked down for what, a year. So, it's not
1: <laughs> right. wait, so well,
0: How many uh, groups run it? How many owners are there? How many...
1: Well, so the way LTO did it oh. is you are not allowed to have more than three centers. Okay. Unlike the previous emission testing centers when one guy could basically own yeah. a whole area okay. of 40 or 50 of them and just okay. yeah. do what he wanted. So we are, by guidelines, three. set to just three. Okay. Um, based on the list of the 138, there's probably only one or two people that actually got more than two. Mm. Mm. So it's very mm. spread out. Uh the group, uh contrary to the belief of a lot of people, there are PETC owners included. Okay. Yes, there's okay. A, there's a significant amount of our group is previously emission testing owners. Actually, still currently emission testing owners are some of them. Uh car dealership owners. We have a few of that in our group. Car dealership owners as well. Yes. So you can imagine that the technical aspects that we are looking at and the technical skills that we have are not just some chimai on the yeah. road. We yeah. have NC2 technicians as requested by Tesla, and we're actually now implementing training per site as a group so that we all have standards that we can all live by. We're basically making these franchises so that everywhere you go... yeah. You get the same treatment. We would that was the goal. That's the the ultimate goal. Is that you get the same treatment and you get the same review from all sites. Yeah.
0: you know what? I, I think after talking to you today, um it definitely you can you can appreciate it, right? You can definitely appreciate it. So and I think I'm sure in the next couple of weeks, maybe months, you're going to probably need to do a couple more <laughs> public speaking stuff yeah. just to, to quell any suspicions, just to get it out there. And because, you know, and hopefully you, you being on, on, on different platforms, different websites, uh, this podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that, that helps.
1: Oh, um, uh- I think my goal or our goal right now is just to try to educate people yeah. that yes. don't, don't yes. buy into everything that you hear sure. yeah. immediately. I know it's being sensationalized because we're the new shiny toy that everyone can yell at. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's theoretically it. And it's uh, part of every vehicle's you know, existence. So it's yeah. definitely something that's going to affect everyone, especially now that you need your vehicles. <clears throat> right? But again, as I said, it's a responsibility of every motorist whether it be a car, a vehicle owner, mm-hmm. or a motorcycle, that you at least have the vehicle roadworthy.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us today, you guys. Uh, I'm sure there will still be a lot of questions asked, and uh, they might not actually be directed to Gino, and I; they might be directed towards you. So for the people out there that are listening to our podcast uh, via um, Spotify, Spotify, Apple podcast, actually it's also uh, parts of it are going to be on YouTube. As on well. YouTube. Excellent. If you have any comments or questions for Yogesh, Gesh, uh, why don't you hit us up on the comment section of YouTube? and you know what we're going to give uh, yogesh uh, access to that so that he personally can answer them or his team will be able to answer mm. and quell any questions that you may have simply because uh, what he wants to do is as he mentioned is to educate everybody about this thing and so it's 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 not to upset anyone it's not to take advantage of anyone they want transparency they want roadworthiness and you know if if you want change and, what, it, it and it sounds buttery cliche. Yeah. And you got to be part of change it. Change starts with you, and you got you got to be part of it too. No,
0: you have to be part of the solution
2: not and the not problem. the problem. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you again. For, thank our, you. for having guests. me, guys. Thank and, you. Much uh, appreciated. This has been Talk of the Town on behalf of Gino Rifino. We're on every Wednesday. Thanks to Podcast Network H that powers us. And that's about it. Let's wrap it up, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Cars are better. Nope, bikes are.
0: This has been Torque of the Town, a podcast produced by Autodeal and Motodeal. To learn more about our products and services, head on over to autodeal.com.ph and motodeal.com.ph, as well as our social media pages and, of course, our YouTube channels. Torque of the Town is powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. See you Wednesdays at 10 a.m.